mass is so boring. Mass is so boring. I travel a lot. When I traveled all over, I'd go to do retreats and keynotes and whatever. And most of the time, see, you only get to see me. But I get to see all of you. And I, if I had to say the number one emotion that I see when I look out at parishes across the nation is boredom. Bored. We want to be entertained. That's what Mass is about. It's about entertainment. Because that's what the world's about. The world's about entertainment. I don't know if you've seen Gladiator. If you haven't, you're a terrible person. <clears throat> but there's this spot in the, in the... It's pretty bloody. But in the, in the show where he, he takes... He stabs a guy with two swords in the chest. And then he rips him out and chops his head off. Bet you never thought you'd hear this in Mass, right? <clears throat> but chops his head off and then turns around and says, Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And I think that that is the cry right now of the world. Are you not entertained? And if you're not entertained, something's wrong. That's why we go from one more thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And we never, ever, ever find the thing. Why do you think there's an iPhone 10? Because the other nine weren't good? Actually, there was no nine. The other, <laughs> they skipped that one, remember that? The other eight weren't good enough. And then if I can just have that, I'll be entertained and everything would be great. And i got to entertain other people. That's why we have Snapchat and Instagram. That we really think we're entertaining. We're not. We're kind of boring. Today, in the first reading, the Israelites, it's from the book of Exodus. Exodus is the second book in the Bible, and it comes from the word for departure or going out. It's about the dramatic rescue of God for the Israelites from Egypt, which was at the time the most powerful country in the Middle East. For 430 years they had been slaves dehumanized, no freedom, no humanity, no dignity. Imagine the cultural atmosphere of this people. They had been slaves twice as long as we've been a country. It was deeply ingrained into them. In the first reading, we find the Israelites in the desert. They're already out of Egypt, but not yet in the promised land. And the desert can be difficult, dangerous, harsh, Anything but entertaining. Unless that desert is Las Vegas. Then it can be very entertaining. And while they're out there, they complain that they're hungry. And God miraculously provides for them. You know when they say, they're looking at it, and they, the, the dew evaporates, and they see it, and they say, what is it? You know what the Hebrew word for what is it is? Manna. Which is what they end up calling it. What is it? <laughs> they don't know. It's just provided for them every day. And it was a sign from God that no matter how harsh it got, no matter how difficult it was, He was with them. 
He was with them. As time goes on, the people get tired of the manna. There's a spot a little bit later on in the book of Exodus when this miraculous bread from heaven, the Israelites say, we are disgusted with this wretched food. God is freely giving them something to sustain them And they turn to God and say, we are disgusted with this wretched food. Jesus makes it abundantly clear in the gospel that the manna was a foreshadowing of something greater. Something more. He says that he is the bread of life. He is the bread from heaven. And the people are coming to him. And they say, Jesus says, you're you're coming to me not because you saw a miracle. You're coming because you want bread. You want me to entertain you. Be your bread king. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Not my teaching. That's good. But me. I am. And we're going to see in the next couple weeks, we're going to be reading from John's gospel. And Jesus is going to go on and on and on to drill it into the people's heads that unless you eat his flesh and drink his blood, you have no life within you. No spiritual life. You'll have your earthly life and then you'll die. But the bread that lasts into eternity is the Eucharist. One of my favorite scenes is when he says, he's it's coming up in the next couple weeks, just listen for it, he's going to say, hey everybody, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. And then they're like, okay, time out, wait a second, Jesus, weird, right? I mean, think about that, that would be really weird. He's like, okay, explain what you mean. And Jesus is like, oh, okay, let me explain it. Unless, what I meant to say was, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life within you. He says the exact same thing when they ask him to explain it. In the Greek, though, there's a change in word. He uses trogain, and he switches it to phagain. And you're probably like, who cares? It's really important. Because when he says, when he, the first time he uses trogain, which is like to eat food, like a cheeseburger. And they say, come on, Jesus, clear this up. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he switches it to phagain. Phagain means as an animal tears flesh off a bone, as it gnaws on the flesh. What's he doing? He's intensifying his language. And then it says, you're going to hear it. Get ready, it's coming the next couple of weeks. It says, because of this, many people left Jesus and returned to their former way of life. And this is my favorite part. It's also the creepiest. That verse and chapter number is John 6, 6, 6. When you leave the Eucharist, you leave life. To leave the Eucharist is to leave Jesus. And you might come here and say, well, I don't get anything out of Mass. Really? Yeah. Really? You're getting God. If I said, if I, if I announced, 
Tomorrow, next Sunday, to every person that shows up to Mass, I will give $1,000. You know how full this church would be? Packed. But daily, God says, I will give you me. And people turn their backs. People don't leave early, show up, or leave early, show up late. Chewing gum. No reverence, no respect. It's no wonder the church is losing power. That's our greatest gift. That's our everything. And most people don't believe it. Or think that it's not a big deal. Life here is a journey. A pilgrimage. Much like the Israelites. Out of Egypt, but not in the promised land. You ever thought about that? I don't know if you guys, I've been to the Sinai Peninsula. We crossed it in a bus in five hours. I remember thinking, what was wrong with Moses? Forty years. All you got to do is just walk straight and you're going to run into something. They got lost for 40 years. He was like a terrible tour guide. The 40 years is a symbol of the struggle, the joys, the pains of the Christian life. And all along the way, we have food for the journey. Is it entertaining all the time here? You know what? No, no it's not. But life isn't about the pursuit of entertainment. Go ahead, You you wanna live a frustrating, miserable life? Live the life of the pursuit of entertainment. You will be terribly disappointed. Terribly disappointed. And here's the other thing. Marriage? Marriage is often not entertaining. Raising children is often not entertaining. Caring for your aging parents is often not entertaining. This may be hard to believe, but pastoring God's people is often not entertaining. Looking for work is not entertaining. Working itself is often not entertaining. Reaching out to the poor and the sick is often not entertaining. Suffering is never entertaining. Grieving is never entertaining. And often our relationship with God is not entertaining. And that's okay. You know what the motto of the Olympics is? Higher, faster, stronger. You know what the true motto of of humanity is? Slower, lower, weaker. And the sooner you understand that, the better your life will be. This life isn't about entertainment and it's not about you. It's about others, it's about God, and it's about serving and giving. That's what brings life. The Eucharist is given to us as an unimaginable source of strength, especially in times when we find ourselves in situations which are beyond our power, which is most of life. Jesus tells us, do not work for the food that will perish, but the food that will last to eternal life. How do you approach this amazing gift that will be given on this altar today? May we never be among those who say to God, we're disgusted with this wretched